Awesome. Well, thanks for answering the casting call that Lorna put out. Um, I, we're here today because I got an email saying, hey, Kevin, it's great to hear from these guys that have booming businesses that are in cities of like five or six million. But what about us guys that service smaller towns and the kind of the growth trajectory there? So we put out a, a message to see if anyone's kind of was open to share that experience and you were the first one to, to ping back. So thanks for thanks for being open to, to coming on and chatting about it. Yeah, not absolutely, man. I appreciate appreciate y'all, uh, you know, having me on and giving me giving me the opportunity. So. Of course, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, you know, part for me, part for all the listeners, I kind of want to just hear kind of the quick backstory um, of kind of where you got to where you're at today um, to kind of introduce you to uh, to everybody. Yeah, so um, I uh, my name is Josh Ryan. I'm with uh, Lifeline Inspection Services. So we're South Metro Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I've been doing this for about five years. Um, I work full-time at the fire department. The guys that I hire primarily, um, as of right now, work full-time at the fire department as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just a good model. Um, as of right now, for us, it fits. Um, but <clears throat> uh, got background in, in uh, transmission work as far as like building towers and stuff like that. So, um, you know, thought, thought the plan was to go um, when I worked for, you know, corporate and getting into man- managerial stuff, roles and stuff like that, and uh, quickly realized that that wasn't for me. So, yeah, man, launched this thing um, with absolutely no idea what I was doing about five <laughs> years ago. And how, uh, how long ago? So it's been about five years. Five years. Okay, great. Yep. Yep. So um, it's, it's been good, man. It's, it's been phenomenal, actually, is, is honestly the best way to put it. Um, far exceeded any expectations that I had had out of the gate. Um, as I mentioned the other day, population in our direct markets about, we've got a, a population of about 60,000. Okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, inter, like the direct city would be about 20,000. And so obviously we travel and um, I've networked with a lot of people in other counties um, all around, I think as many smaller community um you know, inspectors have to do to get, you know, to be able to grow and scale and, and hire people and shoot, keep ourselves busy, you know, out of the gate. Um, and so that's one thing that, that we've done. So uh, just networking and uh, building relationships, I think is, has kind of paved the way. Yeah, absolutely. Let's dive into that. Let's kind of dig in, in terms of like, okay, take your immediate city or town what's a, um, what's the name of the of the official town that you're so griffin is a city um we're we're yeah so i am live in and launch this thing in spalding county okay so that's where that was our essentially our immediate um market you know when we started okay. well let's let's rewind back to uh when you didn't know what the heck you were doing what was the approach to the early networking or what did you even do or think first when it was like, all right, I'm launching this. Um, so I think with a lot of people that started, it's probably kind of similar story. You know, I hear it from a lot of people and um, just learn really, and just get out there. And um, I, I'm, I've always been really good at sales and, and, you know, um, I'm a good communicator with people. And so that's one thing that has always went well, but you know, there's always that fear, man, you go into these agents offices and you're just dropping off, um, you know, propaganda rather, you know, as, <laughs> as with every business is, you know, you got lenders and everybody doing the same thing. And here I am, I don't, I don't even know what the heck I'm doing, you know, 
um, to a degree. I don't really have any experience, but um, really just networking, man. And with the smaller community thing, you know, the smaller community type stuff, um, building those relationships, because I don't, I don't know where you live, but um, with the smaller towns, you know, more rural stuff, everybody, it's, it's clicky as in any real estate is, but it's a lot more um, personable, you know, which is one thing, you know, not really making excuses, but it, it's taken more time to hire is because you've networked and built, you know, really, really personable relationships with a lot of these people, not just agents, but, you know, refer, on a referral basis. And so for the first few years, you're the face of everything. Um, and, and these people, you know, grow to trust you and in, in, in how you work your craft, you know? Mm -hmm. The 100%. Um, what are, when you say getting out there, what is that? Cause I'm in Denver. So I, yep. I truly can imagine what it's like in a smaller town, but is it, is it as, okay. So in like a, a large town city, a lot of folks will either try to go do continuing education, do presentations at large offices or get coffee with, um, individual agents that they identify does that look any different or what's uh, I guess, what's a good way to get people's attention when, like you said, it is a small community. Everyone probably knows everybody. Yep. Um, and you're just this kind of new outsider. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for us, it was probably, probably this is probably similar, you know, um, you're dropping off, you know, swinging by agents offices um, and not really any continuing education out of the gate, you know, um, but more or less just dropping off stuff and, and, and building relationships. Um, are agents back in the offices kind of in your uh, smaller communities around you? To a degree, some of the bigger brokerages, um, I think it really just depends on the broker. So um, I think I, I know some brokers that, that I have great relationships with and they kind of, I mean, they were out maybe a couple of weeks with COVID, but they were like, Hey, we're back back on it, you know, in a couple of weeks, like take a couple of weeks, work from home. But um, I really think it's changed the dynamic of a lot of businesses and they've realized that they can work, you know, remote. Um, so I'd say it's probably about 50, 50. Some of them are back in the office um, and some of them realize that they can do the same, same amount of work, you know, from the conversations that I've had um, working remote or really not even showing up to the office. So it's really hard to catch those people now, but obviously, you know, when I started, this was all pre pre COVID and stuff like that. Got it. Got it. And so, yeah, when thinking about, like you said, it's more, more personal, more personable in a smaller community. Does that tell me what that means? Is it, does it mean you kind of like get more into talking about people's families and the local area as opposed to just business, or is it still um, all about kind of the business and what you can do for that? <laughs> Yeah. So that's a great question. I'm glad you brought that up. My personal approach, I don't really talk business with anybody out of the gate. I'm just being honest with you. I don't, you know, I don't really believe there's so many people um, and everybody has different, different emotions and different feelings on we're not marketing to agents or we, you know, it, let's be honest, you know, until you grow a reputable business um, or, or even the people that have reputable businesses that I know that run bigger businesses, they still have to market to agents, but um, some of the some of the things that have really really worked well for me <clears throat> was um, adding you know adding agents on um, you know Facebook or or Instagram or whatever the case may be 
Um, I try to, you know, I'll, I'll give it a little bit of time. Right. So I don't try to go for third base on the first day. So <laughs> I'll, I'll be friends with, you know, with the people kind of get to know them. And that's going to kind of also gauge on whether or not these are people that you want to kind of work with. Right. So I think it works both ways. Everybody's kind of, you know, filling out relationships and um, I'll give it a few weeks and just let kind of people kind of see who I am as far as um, an individual, you know, a family guy working at the fire department and, and that's going to be the first key of trust because that's the first place people are going to go, you know, to, to kind of vet you. So that's worked well for me. And from there, I just, you know, I give it a little bit of time and say, Hey, I'd love to go out and grab lunch with you. Um, and from or lunch or coffee or whatever it may be. And from there, I really let them open the door on talking business, you know? I love that approach. Um, and, and, the, and seeing who you are can take a, a couple different forms. I know some folks, they uh, connect with agents and then they show them who they are through social media and that's kind of their way. And then some yeah. uh, just are persistent on those lunches or coffees and then they win yeah. people over in person. And so there's no right way, um, I feel like. Yeah, I think some of it has to do with, um, you know, kind of filling out your audience, right? Or who your pr- prospect is, Um some people, I mean, I've had people, I go to go to lunch with them one time and it's been a wrap. They've worked with me ever since, won't refer anybody else. Um, and other people, it, it kind of takes a little bit of time, you know. Especially I can imagine a small community where the trust, the trust factor. Um, and that's the thing. I'm always looking of ways to accelerate that. I had some theories on how to accelerate trust and, and accelerate that buy-in factor. Have you done anything that's worked quicker or helped accelerate certain agents to be like, you know what? I feel like I know you and it's only been, you know, two interactions or a couple of weeks. Um, man, I don't really have anything. Um, I, I really try to support community-based stuff, honestly. Ooh, big. Um, you know, that's a big thing. And that's a lot, that's one thing that, <clears throat> you know, again, outside of all transaction related stuff, sponsoring open houses, right. I mean, obviously that's going to, you know, hey, we appreciate you sponsoring this lunch, but um, man, I'll, I'll team up with people and, and help out teachers, you know, beginning of the year. They've, they've that several programs where <clears throat> you sponsor teachers. And um, that's one thing that's that I really try to do every year is just sponsor the community. You know, if there's something going on and most people know that it, it only takes one call or one text message like, hey, we need some, you know, we'd love to for you to sponsor this event you know, if it's community-based, no questions asked, we're going to do it. I love that. Cause I, I think everyone's got to carve out some budget for that. And, and it's one thing to do it. And it's another thing to like truly believe in it too. I think yep. to like show up to events and be present and shake hands and actually be there because you want to be there, not just because it leads to business. And then I That's feel great. like that type of energy is felt and uh, in a karmic way, maybe comes back to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, I agree a hundred percent, you know? Um, so, okay. So then you, you know, you hit the pavement doing that. So let's rewind back and go back to those early, you know, the first couple months. Do you remember what the first and where the first inspection came from or how that uh, story played out? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> the first inspection was over an hour from my house. Uh, it was really like a referral type thing um for you know like a mutual friend 
Okay. Um, and to this day, I actually just got a call today from that agent that was, I had no idea who the agent was, right? Oh, really? Yes. No, 100%, no idea. <clears throat> so that's how I got the ball rolling. And I'm like, you know, I go out there, do my thing. And uh, again, uh, like I was just saying, literally just got a phone call from that agent that was, was in that transaction today, <laughs> like trying to get me to do an inspection. So again, you know, just a matter of, I mean, you know, obviously I did my job, but just being taken a little bit of extra time and just being personable with people, right. You know, just spending time and asking about people, okay, Hey, what's your husband do? You know, all, all that kind of stuff, man, just, just a small, just the small talk goes a long way. So that was the first one. Um, and yeah, it, that's just kind of how it rolled, man. It was kind of crazy. So it was like an hour from the house, but I was like, Hey, I got to do it. You know, you mentioned such an important thing of like not overlooking small talk. What would you say to, cause it seems like it comes natural to you or as a result of growing up a certain way or like being, yeah. like you said, having other careers and jobs usually lends itself to certain people being conversational over others. Yeah. What would you say to the inspectors out there that like, that doesn't come second nature to be curious like, how would you guide them on becoming that way? Because to me, there's no way around it. You have to be curious about other people to get them to like you and trust you. <laughs> yeah, 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 hundred percent. I mean, um, man, that's a tough one. Um, you know, because uh, some people, like you said, it just comes natural to. Um, and I've got guys that have trained with me that are like, I can't do it. You know, I can't talk to these people like this. So, um, man, just try to be more intentional even outside of work, you know, if you go grab a coffee, you know, I, I see a lot of times people grab their coffee and go about their business. You know, I'm just using this for an example, but man, just take that time. I mean, it's just, it's just another craft, right? It's just another asset. And so sometimes you have to build those skills. So, you know, if you're getting coffee, hang out, you know, sit at the bar, talk to the barista, talk to somebody next to you. That those are, those are the things, you know, and obviously, have a genuine care about the other person, right? And in interest because <clears throat> that investment in time is going to yield better results long term. You know, when you see haven't seen that just say agent in two months, you know, hey man, um, how's your family? How's your kids doing? You know, those are all the questions that let you know that that you're kind of vested in their relationship. You know, in a relationship with them as far as on a personal level. I think that's a great call. I love that. That's a, that's a nugget of wisdom right there. And I would, I would say for anyone's listening, like make it a goal and like make it a game and say, I have to ask one personal question for everyone I come into contact with over the next week. And like, that's, yeah, that's golden dude. And it, it might feel forced at first, but it, yeah. maybe you find out that once they answer you, you get interested in the answer and then you're having a conversation. And so you're kind of it's kind of like the training wheels to say, like, mm -hmm. start building that muscle and then it ends up just becoming natural. Yeah. And, you know, Dirk, um, <clears throat> Dirk, he, he makes a good point. You know, people love to talk about themselves. So just, get you know, if you can just get that ball rolling um, and some people are obviously a little bit more chatty than others. But, man, if you can just get that ball rolling and, man, yeah, I saw you've been putting a bunch of houses under contract. How's that going? You know? Um, just, just push the, the, the ball off the cliff and just let the snowball build, you know, and people will really just kind of lead the way in that. Yeah. And I'm a believer that everyone can learn this skill. I don't think, yes. I don't buy when people say, Oh, I'm just not personable. Oh, it's like, 
I think everyone has to reevaluate and look in the mirror and say like, well, why don't you care about anyone else? Why don't you care to even ask anyone one question? What deep down, you know, keeps you within. Right. Cause if you can't be happy for other people's success and stories, that's, that's something to maybe address deep down is what I would tell people. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah. You always got to be, be willing to clap for the other people that are winning, even if they're winning better than you, you know? Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. So what, what other lessons did you learn kind of, uh, in that ramp up period? Cause obviously you've had great success in the first five years. Um, it's amazing to see what are, what are some things that you've done well? And then some things that if you could go back to, uh, you know, to Josh from a few years ago, you would do different. Um, man, that's a tough one. Um, so one thing I learned along the way is you don't want to work at me. This is me personally speaking. You don't want to work with any, everybody, you know, um, not, not everybody, especially agents um, are going to have the same core values that you have. And, and that's one thing that, um, that I've learned along the way, you know, um, through good and bad, like, Hey, you know, obviously it takes time for you to get to a point to where you've got business, you know, um, <clears throat> to be able to sustain, obviously, to be able to turn away business, but um, they're not all worth it. You know, not, not all the inspections are worth it. Um, it. It's not all worth the headache. And it's, and if those people show sign, you know, if they're, if there's red flags popping up and kind of the, their values and they don't line up with your core values, it's not somebody who you want to work with long-term in it. And they may already you know, other people may already know about this individual, you know, so definitely pay attention to the, to, um, you know, other people's core values and, and what's important to them. Yeah. What are, what are some examples of those red flags? Um, I would say, man, so <clears throat> I would say dishonest people, that's kind of a given, but, um, mm-hmm. Uh, really, really pushy people, um, people that kind of try to downplay, I would say downplay, you know, if you're a thorough inspector, you're, you're going to have people that try to downplay, you know, your work. Um, but, you know, you got to take your time. You can't just go through there and be calling stuff out that you, you don't, you know, you don't really know about. But um, just people that trying to, you know, kind of, well, the inspector said this and try to try to throw you under the bus, whether it be to the client or they don't really know what they're talking about or all that kind of stuff, you know, karma's going to come back around and, and kind of show their, you know, show what the true colors are in that, in those individuals. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I would say from an agent perspective, I, it's hard to even fathom me having ever, you know, I never, this stuff never crossed my mind, but if an agent is kind of, awkwardly asking you to amend things or make things seem less than they really are or uh change yeah. your report yeah. um you'd be so shocked how many inspectors come to us and say hey i need to change the report format because an agent said this yeah um i think that's a time to take a stand right to say yeah man absolutely and, and like i said a minute ago it, it takes time to build not necessarily the confidence but Right. Cause we're all trying to take care of our families. Perfect example. I had, had an agent call me a few weeks ago. Hey, so-and-so referred me. Um, you know, I got both ends of this deal. Um, it's, you know, this is what I don't want. You know what I mean? And like somebody, so that I'm, 
that's a red flag for me. Um, we, that's not how we do business. You're not going to tell, I don't tell you how to do your business. You know, we do the best we can with our clients and we're in this, we're kind of, you know, we're, we do our job, but one thing you're, you're not going to do for us is to set expectations on how we're going to do our job. So it's probably best if you could just call somebody else because we're going to be, we're going to do our job regardless. And that was the conversation that we had and they called somebody else, you know? So again, that was a red flag right out of the gate as soon as the agent said that. Love that. And I think that's good example language, uh, you know, for anyone that feels kind of uncomfortable in those situations. Um, it's all about the language. It's all about the nuance and how you say it and how they receive yep. it. Um, so yeah, that's great. I think there's so many different ways it could be said, but I think inspectors are always looking for ways to kind of use those soft skills um, to navigate that. Cause it's, it's very delicate. I get it, especially when you're new yeah. and you Man. got a mortgage to pay kids. Yes, I mean, it's, um, everyone, I bet you every inspector has put up with, with ones um, and that later on they're so like, you know what? I don't, I don't need the business that bad anymore. Absolutely. Uh, it comes man. And there's some that I've worked with in the beginning, you know, and one or two in, and I'm like, man, I'm not going through this again. You know, there's my red flags, whether I need the inspections or not, I'd rather take the day off, you know, and get something else done than be, than add this stress or, you know, whatever, whatever it is to, to my plate. Yeah. And one idea I, I, sometimes voice to inspectors in the community is for everyone that you feel bad kind of saying no to, or you feel like that's going to be lost revenue and jobs in the future. Think about the opposite. Like think about what you stand for in those values and then put something out on social media, talking about those to kind of offset it. Uh, and maybe yes. write a blog post saying like, here's what lifeline is about. And here's what you get when you work with us. Um, because then you're actually putting your values out there and that might attract more like-minded people. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, and you know, to, to be honest with you again, going back to this in it, it, you know, in the bigger communities, it's not as, I, I don't know, I would say it's not as big of a thing because there's so many people, but in the smaller communities, that's important. You know, that's important because these, these, these agents and these refer, these people referring, they talk, you know, and so they know who's, who has what values, you know, Hey, we're not going to work with this person, but we, we will work with this person over here because mm -hmm. they do a good job and they have X, Y, Z values. Yep, exactly. And you got to put that stuff out there because not every agent knows or assumes. And, um, a lot of them may not even know that inspectors have some of these same values. And so I think, I think, I think inspectors hold back on putting out their values. And that's why Dirk and IEP so great is because they give you that language and kind of that initiative to do it. Absolutely. Um, I want to shift a little to kind of your local market. I know a lot of people request uh, me to address like people skipping inspections or the market dynamics in a lot of places that put you all in a tough spot. Are you seeing one? Are you seeing that a lot in your areas of people either waiving the contingency or just outright not doing them? And two, how are you reacting to it if you are seeing that? So that I'm aware of. Um, I haven't really seen a ton of people waiving inspections. I haven't even at, been asked about doing any walkthroughs or anything like that. And I've kind of put it out in conversation out there, you know, mm -hmm. um, but we're still staying booked out with full inspections. So it's, you know, it's kind of hard to go out there and be like, Hey, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll do these walkthroughs for half the price or whatever, you know, whatever it is. But, um, 
small town people, man. I think, um, I think it's coming. I definitely think it's coming, but again, I think smaller town, all these people know each other. So they know that waiving inspections and having zero or one day, you know, due diligence period is just not feasible. We have seen it tighten up, you know, I'd say over the last three years, it, especially it went from 14 to kind of kind of pulled back to 10. Then you're looking at, you know, seven, five ish. And then definitely in the last year since COVID, it's mm-hmm. really pulled back to three days has kind of become the norm. So um, and in order to combat that, I mean, we're at capacity. Um, so we're, we're trying to hire, as I'm sure many people are, um, to be available. But we, we lose out on inspections every, you know, every week because of that. But I haven't had anybody come to me. And, and my, a lot of the agents that I do business with, and a lot of them are top producers, um, they haven't even made a notion of skip waiving inspections. Like it hasn't even been a conversation. So, wow. Wonderful. Yeah. Good for and, you. And Good I, for and, that area. I, think, I think that is morale. You know, I think that is, um, you know, people, smaller town stuff. A lot of the referrals probably come from their, you know, their circle of influence or their sphere of influence. And so, you know, you wave an inspection and something happens, you know, so that's, that's just my opinion, but um, I, I definitely, I mean, it may be coming, you know, we're South Atlanta. Um, so it, it may be working its way here, but I, as of right now, I haven't really seen anything. That's great. I'm, I'm happy for you. I, I think you kind of touched on something that might be of importance then of in this situation of like the quality of your relationships, because if agents really feel like you're kind of their partner and that they kind of in a way look out for you with referrals and help, you know, and they're kind of that lifeline, no pun intended. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, then maybe they'd be less likely to say, you know what, just skip the inspection, you know, cause if they yeah. feel a little bit like your partner, they might be less likely. And that, that's all goes to the strength of the relationship. So, yeah, I think so, man, that's, that's a great point. I do, you know, when they're, we have a lot of agents that are, that are, when they're going into the offer situation, they go ahead and contact us or they'll call the office or look at our schedule online and just see what we look like, you know? Yeah. Or message us or whatever and say, Hey, we're about to write an offer for three days. Is there, is there any way that you can do this? And we've had great feedback. I know that's not always feasible because some days, you know, we're swamped and can't answer the phones, but I've had a couple agents actually tell me, um, hey, man, we just wanted to thank you. Um, you always do a good job, but, you know, getting letting us write shorter due diligence offers, you know, because you said, hey, you know, we can get you in in a day or two, you know, rather than it's going to be next week, you know. Um, so with the shorter due diligences, it, I, we have been, you know, have had to be a lot more flexible about scheduling and really getting on stuff. So I, we, I have definitely been um, a lot more intentional about trying to be flexible. Yeah. What does that look like? Kind of like in a, I guess a practical sense, does that just mean more time at the computer shifting appointments around more administrative overhead? Like how does that look, um, in the day to day? There's definitely more time shifting appointments. Um, typically, so the way our structure works is typically it's just a single inspector doing the inspection. So it may be something to where if they just, I'm just throwing an example out there, but 
they may call the day before and <clears throat> our guys are already, you know, double booked for that day. We do two inspections a day. So um, it may be something where we say, hey, look, um, we'll get you in tomorrow afternoon. Right. So we'll get started a little bit earlier. And then rather than doing a single inspection, we'll circle up and um, maybe another inspector and I will meet at the last property, which is actually what we did yesterday. Um, so we met at the last property and knocked it out, you know, in half the amount of time. So we were able to kind of squeeze that in there for them. Yeah. And to me, the name of the, that's the name of the game in most markets where you're talking one, two day uh, periods on the contracts and flexibility wins. Flexibility is key. Yep. Uh, because I, I guess the risk there, I think this came up on another episode where if you are completely inflexible, and it happens once, twice to the same agent, they might, that's when they might start thinking, okay, I got to find someone that can accommodate. And, uh, you know, it's, you'll, and if you're busy and growing, you'll never notice it maybe, but that's leaving money on the table when an agent maybe is like, ah, he couldn't, he didn't even work with me those two times. I'm just going to find someone else. Yeah. And you know what? <clears throat> Bigger markets that, that may be a lot easier to do. You know, um, I actually have gotten, gained a lot of agents off of um, a certain inspector locally that is a friend of mine. Yeah, I mean, we obviously, we don't have this conversation, but, um, you know, when I was kind of starting out, that was one of the complaints. Like, he's always this many days out and he's hard to book with. And, you know, um, and so I've gotten a lot of agents off of him. And I, I know, like, if once you, it's all about efficiency. If an agent calls you a couple times, three times, and you can't get to it, more than likely they're going to be on to the next because they've got, you know, they got a job to do just like everybody else. Yeah. So, and it's all in the language of letting, of making them feel valued and letting them know, Hey, I'm going to make this work. Um, yeah. And I'm here for you. So, yeah, we definitely, and, and again, that language that, you know, that you're talking about is key. Like, I don't, you know, if I got to work stuff, I let them know, Hey, I'm working stuff because you send us a ton of work and we're going to make this happen. You know, whatever they know, like, you know, Dirk says it all the time. Like the answer is yes. Um, uh, probably, but let me just figure it out. You know I mean? So yeah, I let them know if I'm working, have to work, make arrangements. Hey, I'm, I'm going to make arrangements, but I'll do whatever I got to do to make this work. And they love that. The beauty of that is even if you ultimately can't make it work, that initial goodwill kind of uh, intention that you're going to make it work might make them yeah. just be like, oh, okay, whatever. It's fine. We'll yep. squeeze it in, you know, it'll last a minute. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. That's hundred percent correct. So speaking of efficiency and growth, like we, I know you mentioned, like uh, you want to talk a little bit about growth. I think that's, you know, when I, and we're talking about fitting people in the schedule, which speaks to needing to grow Yeah, where, is your head at in terms of kind of your growth path and uh, kind of where you see yourself going and what you're needing to do to get there? Um, as far as growth path, I mean, <clears throat> I've got a pretty, pretty clear vision on, on what I need to do. Um, I mean, obviously we're not going to be a 20 inspector company next year. You know, I try to be practical about the market, but there is, I mean, we're at capacity right now. So we've honestly done minimal marketing. Um, in like two years, it's all been organic, <clears throat> um, and referrals and stuff like that. So 
Um, moving forward, I mean, I've got a whiteboard right here in my office that, that I keep a list of names on outside of the people that we already work with. Um, and we try to, you know, I try to stay in contact and do frequent lunches and breakfasts and that, all that kind of stuff and, and um, just try to stay in touch with and for retention purposes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving forward, I mean, I've got a list of names and, um, that we use for that. And <clears throat> we, we get a good bit of organic growth and referrals um, outside of agent referrals. And uh, so right now, um, just because of IEB and, and things that we've been diving into head first, um, we're trying to get some structure straightened out before we um, open the open the floodgate but on everything. <clears throat> yeah. What does that structure, I guess, look like or any, any. So we're, we're adding inspectors, um, adding, looking at adding, you know, office people, client care coordinators, things like that. And, uh, bringing, we utilize calls, a call center. Mm-hmm. So maybe working on bringing some of that in house so we can, you know, capture a little bit more data and, and, uh, from calls and, you know, prospects and leads. Yeah. I love that. I think that's, that's a good welcome move. I think it's, um, you know, just talking to a lot of the, the mega companies at IEB, I think that can kind of supercharge growth upsells, uh, outbound getting to get playing offense again. Um, because that's, I think organic growth is obviously the Holy grail and great, but I also think it's a, uh, it can be a complacency trap to say, Nope, we're growing. We're okay with, you know, kind of the, the path we're on versus like, well, is this the time to step on the gas a little and yeah. maybe, maybe drive five over the speed limit instead of yeah, just yeah. like, okay. You know, and, and, um, at, with, again, IEB, um, really kind of lit the fire for, for us again, for our team, um, for me personally, but that's kind of what had happened, man. I, I'm a, I'm a go-getter and, um, we had just, dealt with a pack schedule for like a year straight with COVID, you know, <laughs> things took off and I kind of got a little complacent and, uh, you know, I sat back at become beginning of the year and was like, all right, something's got to, you know, I, I don't like that about me that I kind of feel like, okay, well, you know, the leads are going to come. Um, so I was, I was gathering, you know, I was in hibernation and, and I had quit hunting for a little bit and I, I wasn't cool with that at all. So, um, you know, getting in that community and, and there's some, there's some go-getters out there, man. And, and just seeing the opportunity that's out there has really lit the fire again. So <clears throat> we're back out hunting. How long have you been in IEB? Um, I joined IEB in, I've only been in it probably like three months, four months, maybe. Okay. Of the year. Yeah. It's early, it was early, early on in the year, February or March or somewhere around in there. I'd have to have to give it them. I I mean, I say this, you know, I've said this since the conference, but I just loved it. It just fills me up in a way, uh, with inspiration, motivation, uh, different ways of thinking of things. Like I just, I learned so much just being there as as a vendor technically, but I feel like I'm a part of it. (laughs) Yeah, no, man, we, I enjoyed, you know, the conversations we had there and, uh, yeah, everybody's got, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of people it's are extremely like-minded, but extremely diverse at the same time, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, as an owner, you got to be creative and be able to do all this stuff and cast vision, but you're around all these other people that are casting way different visions than what you have and being creative on all these other opportunities that you never even thought of, you know, and it's just a plethora of ideas that, you know, to implement to kind of change things up, um, 
you know, so you don't get complacent. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you said that really well to me, it's uh, a certain kind of genuine ambition and energy that I think it's just levels up the industry and levels up individuals. And it sounds like you took action since the conference. We definitely did. I know lots of people listening probably did as well. And so yeah, that's the key is push, yeah. pushing us to get out of our comfort zone. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not always fun at first, but man, you kind of get comfortable with being uncomfortable, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And kind of just seeing it that, you know, kind of as there's room to run and there's more room to grow, even in markets that, um, stay still or even decline. I think it's just a different mentality. Um, and it takes a while to wrap our heads around it. We're in the same boat, you know, it's like yeah. we all, yeah, as the, as a provider, we still think very similar to you guys that we're all reliant on this big engine that just keeps cranking out volume and home. And that's right. Um, what challenges do you see ahead? Um, whether economic, whether, you know, within your company, anything that, that keeps you up at night or, um, yeah, not doing enough. That should keep everybody up. <laughs> right. All the time. Yeah. All the time. No, seriously though. I mean, that's kind of one thing that, that, you know, just, I'm a really attention detail oriented person. And so I, I don't, it's not as bad now, but <clears throat> I mean, I used to wake up in the middle of the night just like, Oh, did I forget to send that report? Did I forget this little detail, that little detail, you know, a reputation, you know, maintaining that reputation. Um, but yeah, challenges ahead, uh, capacity. I mean, my my limits for myself are way further than where I'm at right now. And so I step one is kind of creating an environment to get out of the field for me personally to do more more sales um, and you know PRs that kind of stuff, office work, and focus on you know be an owner um, rather than be an inspector. But um, economically, it's pretty solid where I'm at. Um, things are, it's, it's hot. It's hot. Houses are like, you know, they're on the market a couple days. If that, there's a lot of deals going down before it even hits the market. So, um, I think they're making, you know, they're, I've heard both ends. I mean, I've got investors in the area that they're not worried about anything, you know? Um, <laughs> so <laughs> they're, they're doubling down and, um, but I don't know, man, I, it's in, in our area personally, I think it's becoming a lot harder for first time home buyers and stuff like that. I think that's, that may be kind of an issue in the, in the future, unless they start getting some more listings on the market, because, you know, if you're looking at a, you know, average purchase price of I don't know, 250, you know, um, you gotta, you gotta have pretty good jobs to be able, you know, to, to dive into something like that for a first home, you know, without being, being house poor. And uh, so I think I think that may be a challenge um, moving forward. If, mm -hmm. if you know things don't adjust, um, is is pro there's probably going to be a decline <clears throat> in first time home buyers. But uh, it's hot, man. They're they're going like hotcakes where we are. Yeah, that's good. A lot of yeah, big migration to the south and especially uh, Georgia and Atlanta. So that's definitely bodes well for the future because I think even if rates keep ticking up or tick up again, and there's still going to be people leaving the higher price markets and areas, you yeah. know, Colorado being one of them and going to warmer, cheaper places, which makes <laughs> sense. You know, it's a, kind yeah, of a yeah. um, it's good that you said that we've had a, just a lot. I think a lot of it's got to do with movie industry as well. 
Um, there's a lot of a lot of filming and movie industry in Atlanta and South Atlanta. I'm actually about 35 minutes um, from one of the bigger studios. Um, no so I kind of service that market over there where people, yeah, they film like all the Marvel movies and stuff like that out here. So, wow, um, wow. yeah. And so it's actually spread. I mean, you know, they film a lot at the studios, but they do a lot of filming like in surrounding areas. And so our fire department actually does a lot of standby work for when they're blowing stuff up and, you know, for different <laughs> sets, but, but, um, but yeah, there, I have definitely in the last 12 months, seen a lot of people, a lot of out of towners moving in. Wow. Uh, do you still, so you do, you still do, um, firefighting work? I do. Yes, sir. How are you balancing all this, man? <laughs> um, <laughs> The best I can right now. I mean, I like, you know, I hate to keep bringing up IEB, but IEB was kind of a game changer on that. On, you know, I was just kind of, uh, kind of spinning the wheels, you know, so trying to get a little bit more structured and, uh, step out of the field and, and, and grow from there. But it's, it's tough, man. I mean, I got a family. I've got several businesses. Um, you know, I've got another business right now that's thriving. And so I, I've learned more that I do better. I do better when I'm not the one doing the work, you know, so, <laughs> as I'm sure you probably know, um, Kevin, you know, a lot of times there's so much more and a lot of people don't see it, but there's so much more work outside of the day-to-day -day inspections, um, that has to be done. And it's, it's daunting to be honest with you. It is. It's tiring. So it's more exhausting, I imagine, than the actual inspections, right? Yeah. Like, some days I'd rather just go inspect and not, <laughs> not even deal with it, you know? I say the same thing. I go, some days I'd rather just be on our chat bubble doing support than uh, dealing with the, the hundred other administrative things that. Yeah. Business owner. Yeah, for sure. Um, what did you think about some of the stuff at IEB talking about like the future and some of the sessions um, on that we're talking about inspection prices going down and inspectors maybe uh, being kind of the jumping off point for referrals. I was like, hearing people's take on kind of this like alternative future that could play out. Yeah. Um, there, I think there was some great points in there. Um, <clears throat> pricing, I can, I can see pricing. I think some of that may be how saturated the market is in, in, uh, you know, a specific market, mm -hmm. but I can definitely see that we, we lose a decent amount of business and we're, <clears throat> we're probably mid to higher end on pricing. And uh, I've went up on rates, you know, over the last few years as needed, you know, as as value increases in our services. Um, but I can definitely see the prices going down. And I just had this conversation a few weeks ago on a commercial property, you know, that we quoted and I it was, uh, you know, I quoted it and it was actually, you know, on the lower end because it was for a friend of mine and he's on the board of directors and you know, somebody else, they knew somebody, you know how it goes. Mm -hmm. And the other person quoted it like less than half of what I quoted it, you know, and, and they gave it to him, but, you know, I told him because they're friends with me and him. And I said, look, man, you need to let him know that this isn't helping our industry. You know, that, that kind of stuff like that is not going to help our industry grow around here. So, um, I've, we've definitely get undercut, but I think it, you know, any service-based business, it really just depends on the client. I mean, if somebody, right, you've got tons of people on Spectora and I came to Spectora for value. I didn't come to Spectora for, you know, what their price is like, that's kind of irrelevant as long as the value exceeds what I'm paying. 
there you go. That's a fair point. That's a very practical. That's like the most practical way I've heard it. <laughs> but, well, I mean, you know, just just putting apples to apples here. Yeah. No, I but think you, you know if people come in and they want a one hour inspection and and they want to pay, uh, you know, a hundred or two hundred bucks for it, then you know they're just going to have to call somebody else. Like that's not the service that we provide. We we you know we specialize in excellence and and doing a good job. Really, you know. Well said. Very well said. What uh, what else is top of mind for you? We got a couple minutes left. I want to be respectful of your time, but yeah, what else is uh, what else do you want to get out there that I didn't ask you? Uh, kind of jumped all over. Yeah, no, that was no good. Good conversation, man. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't really have anything, man. It, I, I would definitely encourage anybody that is looking to grow. That I wish one thing. I wish I wish I would have hired sooner. Um, you know, and, and been a lot more intentful on, <clears throat> on hiring, um, because that, that really changes the game. I know I did it by myself for a while when I, when I probably should have had some help. And, uh, you know, I thought I was creating more opportunity for myself, but really at the end of the day, just being able to create opportunity and, you know, even with the other businesses that, that I have, um, man, one thing that's been really gratifying is just creating an opportunity for other people and, and giving them an environment to thrive and grow. That right there is, I think the wisdom higher sooner, because I agree with Absolutely. you. Right? There's just this morning I had kind of a vision casting session and kind of a personal mission vision session with one of our folks at Spectora, Lulu. And she's, we talked about her future and kind of expanding her personal vision within Spectora's vision. And that is so gratifying. It's one of my favorite things to do is help build up someone in their vision within yours. And yeah. it's just a beautiful kind of alignment. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it goes a long way and you don't even realize it till you're down the road and you're like, man, that felt like that win for them, watching them win felt really good, you know? So <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's probably really my only, only ticket is higher sooner, you know? Awesome. I think it's great advice. I think inspect, I think particularly our industry needs to hear it more because obviously the next job's not guaranteed. It's a hard industry to kind of grow in. Um, but it, it kind of takes jumping off that diving board, you know, when you feel uncomfortable and you'll, you'll find the fire, you'll find the jobs, you'll grow the business. Yep, that's right. And, and honestly, it probably creates more, you know, which is why I'm trying to hire now because I'm like, all right, you know, we got, we got good work, you know, we're, we're booked out, you know, till next week and we stay booked out. And um, I mean, it's to the point if my guys have like three inspections a week, they're like calling me like, Hey, what's going on with the market? You know, like, <laughs> people are traveling, man, you know, just, just chill out. But um, it's uh yeah. I mean, if you have those people, now you've got other, other families and other, you know, other individuals that you got to try to provide for. And it's just going to, it's always created more fire for me, you know, to go out and make it happen. Love it. So for any inspectors that want to either just network with you or uh, maybe even work with you, what's, what's the best way to contact you through the website? Um, so the best ways to contact me, link up with me on Facebook, um, Josh Ryan. Um, you can, you know, DM me on Facebook, the business Facebook page, like uh, facebook.com forward slash lifeline inspections, um, or shoot me an email at josh at lifeline home inspections, plural.com. 
I'd love to connect with anybody and, you know, had a lot of people help me coming up and be glad to return the favor to somebody else. Love that, man. And I feel like the, especially the people that come on the pod, um, it's a special group of people and, and certain energy gravitates towards you. I'm sure you'll get a couple people hitting you up, but I think yeah, I just encourage it. Cause I think it's a lonely industry and much like owning a company is a lonely endeavor. You got to reach out to people. You got to have, make time for those conversations. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm always open to, uh, do lunch or, or, uh, grab a coffee or a beer or something with, you know, with anybody that wants to sit down and talk and I can help grow, you know, grow their business. Right on. So, all right, Josh, man, cool. appreciate the flexibility, pushing it back today. Um, no, it's all good. Like I said, man, family first. Well, continued success, my man. Um, it's amazing seeing you grow the biz and, and kind of seeing where you're at. So, uh, could just be the beginning. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. And Hey, um, I appreciate everything y'all do for us. Um, y'all are phenomenal, great customer service. So, you know, exceeding exceeds value. So, you know, Y'all are on top of it, man. I just want to thank you, Kevin, and y'all's team for everything you do for us. Hey, you guys, you know, just the, the, the people, you know, it's like a subset, like IEB obviously just makes us get all the warm feels because we're like, man, just these are the good people that we're in business for and that kind of wake us up to work every day. And um, so appreciate you. Yeah, not a problem, man. Have a great weekend. And uh, if y'all need anything, just holler at me. All right. Sounds good. All right. Have, have a good one. Bye-bye.